Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. There. There you go. Yeah. yeah. How are you? <laughs> Day away from the Thanksgiving long weekend. We are going to cover a lot of different things in this podcast. Just so you know, coming up, this is from a reputable source. An actual doctor published... It is the most dangerous sex positions. Oh, good to know. I think everybody has a favorite or a go-to, and I tend to think it's probably missionary. Wouldn't it be? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I That's the one that people probably think of first. I don't know if necessarily that's the go-to. Really? Are there, a, a, I don't know, women who just instinctively get on top first? Yeah. Really? Interesting. Sure. Okay. Well, we'll talk about the dangerous ones, and... When I say dangerous, I mean the ones that are fracturing the most penises. <laughs> These are things That's you need a to know. stat that they keep. <laughs> yeah. If you like your dick the way it is and don't want to have a permanent <laughs> bend in it, you'll want to listen to this. Yeah. We're uh, going to talk about the prime minister, too. I was real disappointed in that announcement that came down yesterday, and I did have a fairly good, you can see it now on my Twitter if you want, exchange with the prime minister's press secretary. It's kind of funny, actually. He replies to me, but not to any of the national reporters. <laughs> was it bad so, or was it a good exchange? No, I mean, he's toeing the line with the talking points and he's the prime minister's press secretary. And Alex is a fantastic guy. He is uh, a fellow Milton resident, although he lives in Ottawa primarily now and and just an all around good guy. But I, I just think he's on the wrong side of it. And, and he's making the case that, well, vaccinations or sorry, testing doesn't replace vaccinations. You've got to be vaccinated. And and I do have some thoughts on that. So we'll get to that coming up. I also want to give a little bit of love today to uh, Google and what they have done that could be a real major green initiative worldwide. It, it's certainly going to open some eyes anyway. First off, TV people. I don't want to shit on TV people. I know a lot of people that work in TV and some of them are in, in entertainment. Some of them are in news, but you know, they got to fill time and, and sometimes they do really mundane shit. And I feel like if you're the low person on the totem pole, they send you out to cover the shit you're doing the shitty stories. And sometimes those are those, those throwaway pieces that they do at the end of a newscast. Like, Oh, tonight the lottery is for $20 million. What would you spend the money on? If you won, it's a fairly common, typical thing. But I, I laugh my fucking balls off watching this interview. I'm going to play a little bit of a reporter from KSLA 12 in Shreveport, Louisiana. She was assigned to a gas station on Monday when the American Powerball lottery was at $685 million. And it was that typical feel-good piece. Hey, what would you do if you won the $685 million? One of the responses was not just one of the funniest responses I've ever heard. It was probably one of the most accurate and honest. Listen to this. What are you going to do with that money if you win? Well, I'm definitely going to get a, a new supercharged Mustang with dual exhaust and about five kilos of cocaine, and I'll be good to go. Okay, so you like cars. You like yeah. cars. <laughs> Her face after it, too, is the best. We have the video at scottandcat.ca right now. And the look on her face when she turns to the camera like, oh, fuck, why is this happening to me right now? 
but and and just to touch on what you're ta- what you were talking about leading into it when it comes to TV people, yeah, you ask the same shit every time. You go- expect someone to anticipate your question and have an answer like that. And the guy could have been full of shit. The guy could have been telling the truth. Maybe he does plan to buy five kilos of cocaine. It doesn't matter. What matters is. When you ask people a question, expect to get an answer. And it might not be what your broadcast b- broadcaster wants put on there, because I'm sure it isn't. But I, I laughed pretty hard at that, too. I love, I love that. That's great. Corey Johnson, just so you know, if you ever leave KSLA 12 in Louisiana, that clip is going to be stapled to every application you fill out for the rest of your broadcast career. Never mind. You should make that an NFT. Oh, fuck, yeah. (laughs) Listen to this one more time. What are you going to do with that money if you win? Well, I'm definitely going to get a a new supercharged Mustang with dual exhaust and about five kilos of cocaine, and I'll be good to go. Okay, so you like cars. You like cars. (laughs) Let's talk about the car. Let's talk about the cars. I see how you tried to stick handle that, Corey. I see what you tried to do there. Hookers, oh. blow, you name it, man. Yeah, just be honest. I'm going to hire every hooker and buy as much cocaine as I can with that money. <laughs> and you'd still have a shit ton of money left over. <laughs> That's so fucking good. Mm, I love it. Uh, sex positions. We'll save the prime minister until the end. Okay. This doctor is a, uh, he's an expert in male reproductive issues he has uh 4.3 million followers on tiktok he is a well-respected authority and he's come out with a giant cup of tea for couples that like to have sex sex i'm sorry they like to have what sex (laughs) if you like to have sex and you are doing it in the reverse cowgirl position, that is the world's most dangerous sex position. Mm. Reverse cowgirl. Yeah, not surprised. I'll just assume, because we have to, that there's some people who don't know what we're talking about. What's the reverse cowgirl? That's when the girl is on top of the guy, but she's facing his feet instead of his face. Yeah, she's riding backwards with the ass facing his face. Yeah. Which is lovely. <laughs> dangerous, though. The most dangerous. The, I, I mean, there's a lot of room for error there, Scott. Yeah. Dr. Raj here explains that your penis is technically boneless and it can fracture quite easily by causing a tear to the tunica albugini, which is a piece of tissue that allows the penis to become enlarged and erect. Now, the good doctor here explains that because a man's penis in the reverse cowgirl position can slip out, it could very easily be crushed by your partner's pubic bone during, and I quote, erratic thrusting. Mm. Hey, if you and your partner are in perfect sync, you're just both rowing the same way, okay, you should be fairly fine. But all it takes is one person to fall out of the rhythm and boom, crushed dick. <laughs> crushed dick. That's now, there is brutal. more to this here, Kat. We'll, we'll circle back on the reverse cowgirl and the dangers of such. Uh, the doctor explains that uh, those fractures will cause a man's penis to swell up. And it could even, ironically, 
look like an eggplant. There could be blood. It will likely bleed, and it oh may even God. squirt. Oh, stop. In Fuck. some cases. I don't have a dick, and then I'm going to puke. Exactly. Oh. That's the problem. That's the problem. So, does this advice line up with what the other experts are saying? Not exactly, because if you go back to 2017, and I did, there's an article published in the International Journal of Impotence Research that says the actual most dangerous sex position is doggy style. That causes 41% of all penile fractures. What the fuck are you doing doggy style that you broke your dick? Like, that's just got to be a real erratic thrust. Like, what, did your knee fall asleep? Did you slip? How did you break your dick doing doggy style? That seems like a weird one to me. Um, uh, depending on where you're doing it? Like, I well, mean, if you're doing it in the goddamn shower or something yeah. like that. I mean, I see the uh, I, I can see opportunity right? knocking here for a broken dick. Sure. That's 41% of all cases, quickly followed by missionary with the man on top, causing 25% of all penile fractures. Hmm. Third was regular woman on top. So the doctor here is saying that woman on top is accurate, but it's only when she's in the reverse cowgirl position. There's also several documented cases of uh, men breaking their dicks in other positions, but those are the main ones that you've got to be careful of. In one of these case studies, the man said he heard it break. Stop. Like, I again, I don't even have those parts, and I feel like there's people here that want you to stop. Stop. Stop talking about it. <laughs> okay, well, let me just tell you one more. No, tell me more. I'm curious. Don't get me wrong. 2019, this is a legit story from the journal. The guy's name is Randy. While he was doing that, he heard a snap. He says his dick swelled up to the size of a wine bottle and scared him to death. And apparently, if you do break your dick... You need to get it repaired within 24 hours or the damage could become permanent. <gasps> okay, so that's a PSA right there. That's good to know. Kat, the whole thing here is a PSA. Yeah. I'm trying to prevent my boy's dicks from getting broken. Yeah, here. that's not good. Can we go back to the... So are you? did you just say that the missionary was deemed more dangerous than... Um, well, than woman on top? I'm, that's, I'm confused. Is someone not doing it right? Is this just people not doing it right? I'm very confused by this. Okay, so missionary should be fairly straight up normal. But there's a couple of examples where I can think, yeah, okay, I can see where the problem came in here. Again, if you're not thrusting in unison, you know, she goes down, you go up, boom, you crash back down, broken dick. There's the whole wrong hole phenomenon. That could cause a problem. Oh, I didn't think about that. Particularly if she's not ready for it or expecting it. Yeah, there's, a, I think, different ways that you could break your dick in, in, in the missionary position. Yeah, and like, it's just one of those things. You miss altogether. There's not even a hole there, and boom, next thing you know, whoops. Fuck, ah, that's fuck, your thigh. You hit my thigh. Yeah, Shit. that's not right. That's, my, that's your hip bone. Whoops. <laughs> uh, well, with the reverse cowgirl, because I did say we'd circle back on that, the break there, if it happens, Easy. is from the guy slipping out, and his dick gets crushed yeah. by her pelvic bone. Sure, yeah. In a way, is that almost something to brag about? Like, fuck. I fucked him so hard I broke his dick. Um, I don't, or is that something you'd apologize for? Yeah. Oh, I'd feel terrible. I, it's like well, I feel like if you do that, it's never good anyway because you're walking on eggshells trying not to break a dick. 
Like you, you just want to you, you want to make everything good and not break dicks. Like that's right. probably the goal. Is like, hey, I want to make you finish, not break your fucking cock. Like that's that'd be bad. So an apology is appropriate <laughs> in that case. <laughs> yes. Okay. All a right. card. I think card. flowers. Get well soon. Yeah, maybe some chocolates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, simple question. Just wondering when's it going to be ready again? You know, when when can we get back to that? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, some real dangers from sex here, everyone. So please, for God's sake, be careful. (laughs) It really could happen to anybody. I'm sure every guy who's ever broken his dick didn't expect to break their dick that time that they put it in. Right. Here we are. Uh, Google has got a new feature, Cat. This I like because I, I think all of us are trying to get a little more green. The new Google Flights option is cool because not only does it search the internet for the best fare on your flight, it'll also tell you which ones have the lowest carbon emissions. For those who don't know, the amount of carbon that goes into the atmosphere from one flight is fucking crazy. That's part of the reason that people have such an issue with the the PM just using that private jet to fly here, there, and everywhere. It's a lot of carbon. So now with this new Google feature, it'll tell you which flights are bad and which ones are below the median for carbon emissions. It could mean that it's a a more fuel-efficient plane. It could be any number of reasons that it's lower on carbon. Maybe it's a direct flight as opposed to a connecting flight, that sort of thing. Does that make a difference to you? Do you think that if you were searching for Mm -hmm. flights and you saw one for, say, 400 bucks that was more carbon emissions... And then you saw one for, say, 500 bucks that was less carbon emissions. Would you spend the 500 to lower your carbon footprint? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like it would have to be close enough. It would have to be close enough. If you're giving me that exact example, like 100 bucks, I uh, maybe not. It'd have to be close enough. You know, maybe within like 50 bucks. Yeah. To be honest with you, I'm just being honest. And I do try my best to be you know, as green as possible. I've made changes in my own personal life. I don't know how much of a difference that would make anyway. Like, in the grand scheme of things, you're still taking a flight? I I don't know about that. But yeah, it'd have to be worth it to, for me and maybe closer to like a $50 mark, then I'd feel better about it. If you want to read more on that, no problem. Just go to scottandcat.ca. The Miami mansion of Al Capone just sold for $15.5 million. He bought it in 1928 for $40,000. $40,000? That's right, guys. That's how crazy the real estate market is. Well, I mean, let's be honest. This is a beautiful place on the water in Miami. It's amazing that he got it for $40,000. In fact, $40,000 in 1928? is probably the equivalent of $15.5 million in 2021. Uh, it was sold to a company. Oh, Interesting. I wonder who bought it. Company. Yeah, are they going to have like their headquarters there, or are they going to plan to like rent it out on Airbnb, perhaps? I think this is more a case of a guy that's involved with the company who wanted it, but he also wants to write it off, so he put it in the company's name. Okay, if you buy the house that belonged to one of the most famous mobsters in the world. You've got to rip out all the drywall and see if there was any money stash, right? Like, you've got to check every nook and cranny of that mansion to see if there's a, a speakeasy or a safe hidden somewhere. Oh, yeah. If there's a, a 
fake wall that leads to a secret room full of money and stuff. Oh, there's drugs, maybe guns. I mean, who? I'm sure that the house has already been cleared, that said. I mean, who who is living there currently? Who? Uh, that's Before a good this? question. I'm sure uh, they cleared oh, it out already, though. Fuckers. Developer Todd Michael Glazer and Nelson Gonzalez. Okay. So if they... If they already had that, I'm guaranteeing you they checked. If not, I would strongly suggest this group that picked it up, drain that pool out, that beautiful, gorgeous pool. If it's been there, if it's an OG, if it's the original, see what you can find underneath the pool. Under the pool? Yeah. What makes you say under the pool? I don't know. Do you know something? I'm just... Anyway... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just i'm just trying to think really hard about what spots might not have been hit because you know the walls of that place were already looked into there's no way they weren't it is absolutely beautiful though i mean god that looks like a a, a perfect destination it really does see i was a little unimpressed i looked at it and thought yeah i mean the pool's nice and the property's cool but i mean the kitchen is very basic everything is very basic in it right. it's not like they went crazy on the upgrades or even put in some nice yeah. crown moldings yeah they might not have tore down any walls now that i'm looking at this i would have imagined maybe they would have taken down some of the walls but nice outdoor space though it's cute it's it looks really nice i mean fuck i wouldn't complain if i had that house Yesterday, the prime minister came out and made a number of announcements. I guess the first thing that we should cover is go back and and finish the circle on what was started last week on our very first National Day of Truth and Reconciliation, the holiday that Justin himself created. And he decided not to go to any observances of that holiday, instead to head out to Tofino for a surfing vacation. And one of the things that was crazy about this story is the the true anon the people who will defend anything the prime minister does even mm-hmm. the indefensible they will defend they were really aggressively going after some of our colleagues in the media who were reporting this story saying that it was a witch hunt it was bullshit and they shouldn't be doing that and taking the focus off of indigenous people and leave Justin Trudeau alone well now the prime minister himself has admitted it was wrong what he did Listen to this. Before I take questions from the media, I want to address uh, the issue of last week. Traveling on September 30th was a mistake, and I regret it. The first National Day of Truth and Reconciliation was a time for Indigenous people and non-Indigenous people alike to reflect and connect, think about the past, but also focus on the future. I want to thank uh, Chief Casimir, of the Kamloops uh, for the conversation we had over the weekend, in which I apologized for not being there uh, with her and her community uh, for this important day. And I committed to uh, going to visit the Te Kamloops Te Swetmuk, uh, community uh, in the coming weeks. There's a lot of work for us all to do, and I'm committed to doing it. Hmm. <laughs> he is... Is the apology accepted? Are we good with that? It's such bullshit. I'm just trying to figure out, like, what are you thinking when you did that to begin with? Like, you know full well that was a bad idea, right? Nothing crossed your mind in that moment that you thought, people might know I'm here. Uh, Is that a bad idea? You'd know in that moment. I I, I mean, I call bullshit on him regretting it because I feel like he wouldn't have made the choice to begin with. Anyone with a head on their shoulders can see that that was probably not a good idea. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty stupid. You can go ahead and apologize. I don't think it's going to change people's minds that already hate you. That's for sure. Nothing will. 
But it's uh, you're certainly going to have to step it up next year. Let's just put it that way, right? Oh, shit. Absolutely. Big. He has to. Big, big, big. Absolutely. Well, I mean, next year will be about six months out from the next election. So you bet your balls he'll be out there. Yeah. 100%. He'll he'll be the guy at every single one of them. He'll probably try and go to one in every reserve in Canada. Yeah. You know, and I was trying to figure out, Scott, and you'll know, you'll be a good person to ask, because the one thing I wondered was, he was on vacation, right? So mm-hmm. it was it was a vacation time for him, basically. Does he only have certain days on his calendar? Like, if you look, it's not like a typical job. I understand that. It's not like you got, you know, three weeks of vacation, so you, you plan that when you want. I'm sure there are certain times where you really are blocked out from taking any type of vacation with your family or doing anything when you're in this role. So the only way that I would say, okay, you know, let it go. It's shitty that it landed on that time, but that was his only vacation for the remainder of the year. I'm assuming that's not the case, though, right? No. No, it's not. I mean, he's just like us in a lot of ways in that if you've got some time between where you have to be in town, he can sneak away. A lot of his job he can do remotely, and the pandemic is a perfect excuse for it. Uh, Whatever PM responsibilities he had in Ottawa, he probably could have done them from Tofino. It's not like he was hosting Joe Biden or Boris Johnson or anything like that. Uh, So I assume he was it was a. A working vacation. How about that? I think the only time he couldn't do any prime ministerial shit is when he was actually surfing. Apparently, his surfboard was a real bitch to get in the plane, by the way. He's got a surfboard that I guess is irregular shaped or bigger than most people's. Why why does he just rent one when he's there? (laughs) Because he's the fucking PM and he's got a private jet with the military flying him around everywhere. It's uh, that was an expensive trip, by the way, like that. That's like a 60 to 80 thousand dollar flight one way on a Challenger private jet. But anyway, that aside, he has said it was wrong. He apologized. And I know not everyone's going to accept that apology and you don't have to. What really bothers me about this is that it was, there was a cover up here. They tried to cover it up. Clearly people in his office knew he was going to Tofino. Yeah. The only reason He got caught is because of Brian Passifum at the Toronto Sun, who has the notification set up on his phone to trigger when Trudeau's plane starts moving. And he thought, wait a second, I get the daily email every day from the PMO that says the prime minister's schedule for that day. It says he is in Ottawa for private meetings. Why is his plane flying to Tofino? And that's the cover up that makes me think, you're not really sorry because you were going to do that. No. You tried to get away with it. That yeah. is wrong. It's that pretty- you published an agenda that said mm-hmm. you're going to be in Ottawa all day for private meetings. And they only updated it to in Tofino for private meetings once the story broke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a premeditated trip. Like you knew it was going to happen. And I, I understand people's frustration with that. Because if you're, and I think even if he was honest about it, even if he did change it a day before and let it be known, this is where I'm going, I'm going on vacation, there'd still be a shit storm, right? Like people would still be pissed off. And the sure. point of him doing it on that day, come on, man. Like what are you thinking? And I'm not saying that as someone who, like, who politically, polit- politics aside, regardless of who that is, if you're the prime minister, that's a stupid fucking thing to do. Well, some of you truant on folk, oh, David Aiken and Mercedes Stevenson and uh, Evan Solomon and, and the rest of the National Press Corps, an apology for, for roasting them about having their priorities wrong or having the story wrong. Now the prime minister himself has backed up exactly what was reported. 
And by the way, when they did ask him yesterday in the news conference about the original itinerary claiming he'd be in Ottawa in meetings all day, he blew it off. It's not the how. It's the why this happened. (laughs) Okay, Justin. Okay. (laughs) He knows he got caught. He probably felt like a bag of shit for the last few days. I would hope he did. And now he's apologized. So there you go. Yesterday it was announced that the entire federal civil service needs to be fully vaccinated within 22 days. They've got till October the 29th to be fully vaccinated or they will be placed on an unpaid leave. From there, they get a couple more weeks to get fully vaccinated and then they're fired if they're not fired. Regardless of what you do or where you do it, if you work for the federal civil service, you'll be fired at Christmas for not getting fully vaccinated. It's happening. It's something it that happening. We, you know, it's something that we've talked about like briefly, right? I mean, we've made these mentions of perhaps this will go that way. No, they couldn't, could they? And the question was, could they or couldn't they? Will they or won't they? And now we know it's happening. And I, I know there's people who hate this, but there's a lot of people that like it. Yeah, and I mean... Well, I got a couple different thoughts on this. I've said before, and I'm not changing my position on this. It is wrong for someone to lose their job over vaccination. Now, I think that accommodations should be made for those who have made a choice not to get vaccinated. And let's be clear. It is not law to be vaccinated. People who are unvaccinated are not breaking the law. It's illegal to make it illegal to not get vaccinated. You can't do that. So they're doing everything they can to make it inconvenient. And I do agree with par- with that partially. You know, I look at these non-essential activities. And, and right now the non-essential activities are going to restaurants, going to movie theaters. They've got going to the gym as a non-essential activity. That sort of shit. If they say everyone in there needs to be fully vaccinated, that's one of the ways that will limit the spread and it'll help encourage others to go and get vaccinated. I don't even necessarily disagree with that. It does create some incentive to get vaccinated. And let's be honest, you can get takeout and take your food home. You could work out at home, I suppose, if you wanted to. There are other alternatives. So no, they're not really doing anything too egregious there. Now, that's, those are provincial and local restrictions. But telling someone who doesn't work anywhere near anyone else Mm -hmm. that they have to get fully vaccinated or they're fired at Christmas, that's a really rough look. And case in point, we got a text message this morning on our radio show. Good morning, guys. Just wanted to let you know, I work for an HVAC company. I work from home. I've been told that I have until November 27th to be fully vaccinated or I am out of a job. No education, no accommodation, get jabbed or get fired. Mm -hmm. Again. Wow. I mean, that surprises me, Scott. That does surprise me. Like No testing, like no option for testing twice a week or whatever makes that company feel better. And they're from home. I understand if you're going into people's houses. And we've talked about this before. If, if that's if your role is this and you are in front of the public, 
this is the way it's going to be, or we'll try to find a different place to transfer you, and then you'll just have to get tested. That's like a maybe to me. That's like an okay. That seems like they're just trying to, you know, cover their asses. That is intense. I, I didn't know as many companies were doing that as as, as are. You know, I, I really think that this isn't helping. I firmly believe that there are some people out there, Canadians, just like you and I, that will get there. They will. They're just not there yet. I actually made that point on Twitter last night, and somebody right away jumped down my throat. If they haven't figured it out by now, they're never going to. Easy. Why don't you calm the fuck down? Just because you have come to that conclusion doesn't mean everybody else is going at the same speed. And there are people out there who, like we said in yesterday's podcast, do have legitimate questions or concerns. Some of those concerns are from the government themselves. Again, these are the people who basically shamed people into taking AstraZeneca and then had to dial it back. These are people who sold you it's totally fine and normal to mix vaccines. If you got AstraZeneca first, get Moderna second or Pfizer. It's great. No problem. We're not doing that anymore. Other countries don't even recognize that as fully vaccinated at the moment. So there's people out there who want a little bit of consistency. There's also people out there who would be quite content to have someone like Dr. Teresa Tam trot out there and admit that she made mistakes. They would like to hear the chief medical officer come out and say, I was wrong. We probably shouldn't have told you it's okay to wait 16 weeks in between doses. Or I was wrong. It wasn't a great idea to advise you that if you got AstraZeneca first, you can be fully vaccinated if you get Pfizer second. Mm -hmm. You know, they just want a little bit of humility, a little bit of not trying to cover it up and snow the public. They just want some honesty. There's some people who really just wouldn't mind to go a full year since the first shot was put in the first Canadian's arm. It hasn't even been a year yet. And again, some people, they're okay with that. They don't need a year. They don't need to hear Tam say she was wrong. They don't need to go two months without contradictory advice. They, they made the decision on their own. I'm one of those people. I'm fully vaccinated. But there's others out there who aren't and, and might get there, probably will, but aren't there yet. To tell them, you're fired at Christmas if you don't do this right now. They're not changing the laws to say it's illegal, but they're going to fire you for it. I don't think it's right, especially in the case of that text message we just read. This is someone who works from home, has no contact with any other employees. I get that we want people to get vaccinated, but we also want to slow or eliminate the spread of COVID. That's someone who's at no danger of infecting her coworkers. Right. Why would she lose her job over that? Well, I'm just, just trying to think from the business angle. You can't have rules for one and not have rules for other if you have employees across the board. And who's to say that they won't be in an office setting eventually? I mean, we don't know. We don't know the details of that particular uh, company uh, that that woman works for. So if I'm running the show here and I decide, no, you know what? This is important to me that everybody be vaccinated so that when you enter people's houses or you meet with clients, or you meet with people, or you meet with each other, I know that at least we are covered there, and it won't be, you know, it won't be the worst-case scenario for us. 
So that means we have to mandate it across the board. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. But that, that means we have to play it across the board because you can't have one rule for one person and not for another. You're all employees. You all should be tr- treated equally in that manner. If I'm going to make Bob do it, I'm going to make Jane do it and Jack do it too. Period. I, the end. I don't agree with that because in every other aspect of employment, it's not a level playing field. Some people make more than others in the same company. And that's just a reality. That's a unique circumstance where whether it be seniority or experience or training, some people get paid more than others. Some people have more responsibility or less responsibility than others. That's a customization that the company made for their employees. I don't understand why we can't look at each employee and their personal situation and say, you know what? We'd prefer you to be vaccinated, but we also respect that it's not mandatory. So... If you're not vaccinated and you can't, uh, you have no contact with any of our other employees, there's no risk to the people around you, then yeah, we're not going to force you to do it. I just think that there's going to be a lot of people out of work this Christmas, Kat. I really do. And and the Federal Civil Service, what are they got, 250,000 people? Well, we know that roughly 80% have attested, that means promised, that they're fully vaxxed. Uh, the government says they're going to verify that you're fully vaxxed. So I'm curious to know if it's actually as high as they say it is. It's a little weird that we take people's word for it when it comes to their livelihood, their career. But we won't take your word for it if you show up at a restaurant or at a gym. There, you got to show us the paperwork. We want confirmation. At work, you just have to swear it. Oh, I, sw- I attest that I am fully vaccinated. And that's good enough. Well, I, I think the whole thing is, is now, now they're losing people. Because, again, this is another one of those things that just doesn't make sense. And the other one that came up yesterday that doesn't make sense is uh, the government did mandate that for all federal employees. But in specific industries like travel, if you want to take a train or a plane, all those employees need to get fully vaccinated as well, even though they work for private companies. But they fall under federal jurisdiction. You know, there's people out there. Maybe listening on the East Coast right now. Maybe you go to Dalhousie, but you live in Toronto. You're probably going to come home for the holidays. You can't now. Not if you're not fully vaccinated. That's a real tough one for me to deal with. I, I don't understand that at all. There's a reason you don't need to be fully vaccinated to ride the TTC, for example, or to ride your local transit. Because that is a necessity. You need transportation to get around. And it's just as public as an airplane or a train is. In fact, in a lot of cases, the train is, uh, or the TTC is a train. But in that case, it's a necessity, so it's not required. They seem to be treating air travel and rail travel like it's discretionary. Like, ah, yeah, you know, I just feel like going on a flight out to, to Alberta this weekend. Well, there's some people that have to travel, and there's going to be students in particular that need to travel over the holidays to get home. And this is a very vast country, second biggest country on earth. Driving's not an option. If you're going to Dalhousie and you have to come home to Toronto for uh, your Christmas break and to see your family and do your laundry and all that sort of shit, it's not a realistic drive. It's 24 hours. Same thing if you're on the West Coast. 24 hours straight through drive, or you could fly in two hours and 15 minutes. 
if someone's willing to step up and get tested and show you that a lab has confirmed they do not have COVID-19, that's more than someone who's vaccinated. I'm almost a little worried that they're creating a false sense of security here. If I get on a plane right now, oh, I can rest assured. Everybody else around me is fully vaccinated, just like me. It doesn't mean they don't have COVID-19. It doesn't mean they can't spread COVID-19. It just means they got the shot. Yeah, but if that's the case, then we wouldn't, why do anything? Why do we bother trying to get back to normal if that's the case? Of course, there's always risks. Of course, there's going to continue to be risk. It's not disappearing. It's not going away anytime soon. At least you know that they're taking as many precautions as you can. And maybe that does make you feel better. False sense of security, if you, lo- if you just drop all of, of that, that's kind of on you, honestly. Like, wear your mask, do all the shit you're supposed to do, and it'll be fine. And if, and if somehow it seeps through, you know that shit's going to happen. Nothing's going to be 100%. So I don't understand why, why it needs to be, like, one way or the other. We need to just learn to live with it. Has, hasn't that been what we're saying and, many and, times? It isn't yeah. going to go away. And, and that's what I thought we were doing. And I thought, okay, you have a choice. You can get vaccinated and you're basically back to normal. You can dine out. You can go to the gym. You can go to the movies. You can do that sort of shit. If you're not fully vaccinated, well, it's going to be a little more difficult on you. No, you can't go and dine out. No, you can't go to the gym. But you don't have to lose your job either. We'll offer you the option to have regular rapid tests to, to try and confirm that you don't have COVID. What was wrong with that compromise? I, I don't understand. Even if we made people pay for their own tests, okay, well, that would be a burden that you would have to bear because you chose not to get vaccinated. But to flat out throw people out of work or tell them you're not allowed to see your family for the holidays because they've made a choice, which is a perfectly legal choice to make. I find that really, really, really patronizing and unfair. Again, I hope everybody does get vaccinated. I think it's probably our ticket back to normal, and I think it's going to come in handy down the line. But I also think that there has to be a balance here. And if I can go to an airport and walk into a little cubicle, take my test, and the test says, yeah, yeah, okay, negative for COVID. Yeah, there's a chance that it could be a false negative. There's a chance I guess I could catch it between the stall and the actual plane. Okay, fine. But I've done the most I can possibly do. You've actually done a little bit more than someone who is fully vaccinated who wouldn't even have the obligation to get tested. I just don't understand why that wasn't enough when transportation is so necessary. It's not something you can drive. You need to fly to get a lot of places in this country. It's the price of it now. That's the price of it now. That's just the way I see it. I don't know. Maybe my mentality has, has changed a little bit, but that's the price of traveling. Then, so then you you've got to find other options. You think that's reasonable to tell someone if you're not fully vaccinated, you can't travel at all, period? Be Domestic. A- I mean, specifically domestically, because I do think that anyone coming into Canada should be fully vaccinated. But I also think they should also be tested. Yeah. Domestically, if you want to fly from... Toronto to Winnipeg. You think that you should have to be vaccinated for that? I'm not saying you have to be vaccinated. Like, that's what I would do at this point. But you know it's getting there. You know it's going to happen. It's going to happen anyway. So let it happen. And yes, I would like that too. I would love that peace of mind to know that people coming from, you know, Germany or Australia, I don't know, wherever the hell they're coming from, are vaccinated. That gives me peace of mind. We don't want to fuck this up any more than we already have. And we're not doing, we're doing better than a lot of other places 
in the country. So yeah, that's a good peace of mind for me too, knowing that they're not going to drag it back into Ontario and vice versa for them, I'm sure, knowing that an Ontarian isn't going to drag it into Nova Scotia or whatever. I, I, I mean, personally, I'm okay with it. It's the price of flying now. I think we all, I don't know, in my mind, that's what I knew would happen. It is going to happen. Maybe it's implemented, to be honest with you, earlier than I thought it would be, but I knew it was happening. I think that uh, in a country of 33 million, if only about 80%, or maybe it's 36 million now, either way, only about 80% are going to get vaccinated. That's just all there is to it. And it's the same statistic in just about every country. Most of them are fairly on par. Many countries, though, will have well below 80% vaccinated. That's a... That's millions of people that are getting a great big fuck you directly from the guy who said, I am going to be the prime minister for all Canadians. Well, he should have said four in five of them, because like it or not, there's still Canadian. There is no formal obligation to get vaccinated. And shit like that actually makes me more skeptical. It makes me wonder, are we really trying to stop the spread of covid? Because any time we have a chance To have somebody verify they don't have COVID is a good opportunity. Getting on a plane or a train, yeah, that seems like a good opportunity to prove that you don't have COVID. You get tested before you get on that flight so that people around you can have a bit of peace of mind. Just having a plane full of fully vaccinated people doesn't necessarily do that. Ah, but But it's better. But it is better. And if you the, the point is we don't want to go backwards and we want to continue to go forwards, then we know that that means more vaccines. And yes, for now, it's 80 percent. That's going to change. Like we all know, like look into the future, look into the future a couple of years. It's only been a year since this vaccine was even available to not even, even not even a year to some people, by the way, soon ish. It'll be some people. It's it's new. It's still fresh. Eventually, more people will get it. And those who are hesitant Even if they have children who are there like saying, I'm not giving them the vaccine, you know, eventually it's going to be there. We're going to get there. And I'm not saying it'll be this exact vaccine that they have now. Perhaps they will change it up a little bit. Perhaps the it will the efficacy will get better. I don't know. I don't know that part. But I do know eventually this will just be another thing, another polio vaccine, another measles, mumps and rubella, another varicella. That's what it's going to be. So we got to start somewhere. What do you want to just fucking press the pause button and just say, no, not for my, not for me right now, though. No, thanks. I don't want it in my world. It's going to happen. Like people got to get the fuck over it. Mm, This is a step. This is a step to what it's going to be. Do you think people should lose their job? No, I didn't say that at all. I didn't say people should lose their job. I actually find it uh, federally regulated stuff. That to me. You're federally regulated. Like to me, you're probably paid. Maybe you're paid well. I assume you're paid pretty good. From what I've heard, you get paid well, depending on, of course, there's all kinds of different industries within that. But you need to know that that's going to come with some regulation. And this is just one of those regulations. When we're talking about a mom and pop shop telling a, or I don't know, whatever, the HVAC company, as a great example that we talked about this morning, that she's getting fired for not taking it. That doesn't sit well with me at all. No. But what I'm, I'm talking about travel, I'm talking about something completely different. And eventually, yes, this will be the case everywhere you go for schools, for travel. Got to get over it. It's going to happen. So why don't why not just let, why not let it happen now? Just because you're not ready. It's fucking here. It's happening. Get over it. Ouch. Yeah. Oh, get over it. Well, what are you going to wow, do? That's a tough thing to say to a fifth of the population. What are you going to do? Go ahead and absolutely fight it in however way you think you're going to fight it. But you're not going to win. What do you what do you suggest? What do you suggest they do? What do you suggest if you're that one fifth of the population that what works for the federal government? What do you do? Test. 
if you don't have to be in a situation where you do, could endanger other people, yeah. then you should be able to have that test, which is pretty inconvenient to begin with and invasive, but you should be able to come to your employer or to whoever's going to be checking and say, I do not have COVID-19. Here's the lab confirmed test. Maybe you don't want to work for the federal government if this is what the federal government is doing. Did you ever consider that too? I know it's not as easy. I'm not saying it's easy to just jump ship and go work somewhere else. I would love to be able to decide where I want to work and how much I want to make, but some people just see a job opening and they take it because they need a job. Sure they do. And it'll be a slow process to get out of it and then probably a tedious one and not an easy one for a lot of people. But this is the federal government that we're handed. That's true. They did just get reelected. It just happened. Like, so what do you, you know, in that scenario, what, what else, do, what else do you want that this is your government? And if you're fucking pissed at them right now, why are you working for them? Don't work for them. I know no matter what we pay them, I get it. No matter what, we're all suckers to it. They were voted in. Why would you work for them? Like to me, it's like working for a company I don't believe in. It doesn't make sense to me. So if you're that outraged, don't fucking work for them. What are you doing? That's the way I see it. That's from me not working for the government, though, of course. Just one person's perspective. Okay, that's it. Thank you, everybody. Tomorrow's going to be a great one as we talk to a cop formerly embedded with the crime family that The Sopranos was based on. This as The Many Saints of Newark gets ready to hit theaters, and I cannot wait for I that am not, movie. I am not being implemented in this. So this is going to be you and Dave. Just for the record, Cat. Is not going to ask a lot of questions. I could probably talk to this guy for hours, so you might not get to ask a question anyway. You guys are, both of you guys are pretty fucking into it, but I'm excited to see what comes out of it. That'll be fun. Uh, Just a friendly reminder, everybody, it's Thursday, so there is no major lottery jackpots up for grabs tonight, but tomorrow the Lotto Max is a good one, and if you win it... What are you going to do with that money if you win? Well, I'm definitely going to get a a new supercharged Mustang with dual exhaust and about five kilos of cocaine, and I'll be good to go. Okay, so you like cars. You like cars. (laughs) That's never not going to be funny. Have a great one, everybody. We'll catch you right back here tomorrow. Uber is introducing a new feature that tracks your flight so your ride is ready when you land at the airport. I don't know. This seems like a tall order for a company that can't even find what corner you're standing on. It's like... The fast food chain Wendy's announced a partnership with Kellogg yesterday to release a chocolate frosty flavored cereal. Not to be outdone, McDonald's is releasing a McFlurry cereal that is temporarily out of service. What a time this is for TV between Squid Game and Ted Lasso. We're truly living through the golden age of tracksuits. You never really know which Netflix shows are going to take off. Last year, people were like, we love chess. Now everyone's like, we love brutal murder games. Singer Adele announced yesterday she'll release a new single called Easy On Me later this month. Incidentally, a new single is also who's going to listen to it the most. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.